Okay, so welcome back to another ongoing series of Shurim and Daf Yomi. We are now in Ketubot, Daf Nun Aleph Amud Aleph at the Mishnah. And this Mishnah that we have in front of us is really three Mishnayot, Mishnah Zion, Mishnah Chet, and Mishnah Tet, and has been represented as such on the page. Uh, the first Mishnah uh, establishes that the basic Ketubah, 200 and 100, is a Tanai Beitin, which means that if it wasn't written, Yechayav it anyways. Lo katav la Ketubah, betula gova matayim wa manam maneh, neishu Tanai Beitin. Now, katavla sadesh shavem maneh, tachat matayim zuz, let's say you wrote over a field that was worth 100 in place of the 200, and she accepted it. Lo katavla kol nechosim ditli achrayin l'chutuvatech, and you did not write into the Ketubah, all of my property is achrai, is taken as a surety against the ketubah, chayav. Your chayav, anyways, your property all becomes seizable for the ketubah, for the full amount of the ketubah, shutanai v'etin. So even though you gave her a field of a hundred or you wrote it over, nonetheless, she still has a claim to another hundred. That's Mishnah Zayin. Shachet, lo katav la'im into. If you did not write, if you are taken captive, I will redeem you, as I will pay for redeeming you, and I will return you to be my wife. Uvechohenet, or if it's she's a Kohenet, or Eshet Kohen, it would be Ahadrinach Limdinatech. I will return you to your home or to your place, meaning I will redeem you, even though you can't live with me anymore, as we will see. Chayav. Nonetheless, your Chayav, even if you didn't write it, shoot Naibetin. Now, the last Mishnah, Nishbet, let's say she's taken captive. Chayav Liftota, you have to redeem her. And if you say, look, I'll divorce her, let her collect her ketubah and use that, but if that, that's mine, let her redeem herself, ain't no rishoy. You're not allowed to. Lakta, let's say she got sick. Chayav l'rapotai, you're chayav to heal her, to pay for her medical treatment. But if you said, here, I'm giving her a get, let her take the ketubah and use that to heal herself, that you are allowed to do. Now, let's get into the uh, Gemara. The question is, Mani, who is the author of our Mishnah? The answer is Reb Meir. Why? Who said that any time you give an, a betula less than 200 or almana, less than 100, that's considered bi'ilad znut. In other words, 200, 100, those are automatic. There's no playing around with them. How do we know that Reb Meir is not the only voice here? Because Reb Yehuda disagrees. What does he say? Reb Yehuda, Hamar, Ratzak, Shtar, Shomatayim. Rabbi says, you do pro forma. You can write a star shama time to a betulah. And she can write back, or let's say they agree between themselves to make the ketubah 100. She really wants to marry him. Whatever reason, she agrees to take 100. So he writes 200, and then she writes back a receipt for 100, which she never got, which means she'll only be able to collect 100. You could do the same for an almana and write a 100 Zuz Ketubah, and then she writes, I already got 50. Right, so Rabbi Yehuda seems to feel that it is okay to have a Ketubah that's less than that. So if you didn't write the Ketubah at all to say automatically it's 200, Mechatesi. So Ema Seifa, well, we'll respond to that in a minute. Ema Seifa, but look at the second half of Mishnah Zayin. Katav la Sadesh, If you did not write Achrayut, in other words, surety of all your property against the Ketubah, Chayav, nonetheless, all your property is seized and seizable. Shutanai Beitin. Now, Atan the Rabbi Yehuda, that sounds like it's Rabbi Yehuda. Gamar Chayutah This is a machloket in the Mishnah, in the first parak above Metziah. And it works as follows. If you have a shtar that does not have Achrayut on it, I mean, the shtar mecher, you sell property, and there's no Achrayut on it, meaning that if it turns out that this property that I sold you was property that had an earlier lien on it, and 
the note holder comes and collects the property, you can come back to me and collect it. Question is, is that considered just a neglectful mistake and we assume it to be in anyways? Or do we consider that it was left out and that's meaningful? So if you say, it's a mistake of the, of the scribe, that means that is built into the star always. Now, Rabbi Yehuda is of that opinion, as we see as follows. Uh, Rabbi Meir thinks that if there's no achrayut, that means there is no achrayut. It's not a mistake. That's how they meant to play it. Did not. This is the Mishnah. If you find a star chov on the ground, who do you return it to? Then, you don't return it to the, um, to the fellow who is the lender who's on there. Because what may have happened is he may have already collected and I was going to collect again. Why should Beit Din Ephraim Mehen? Ain't there Machrayut Nechassim, but if there is no Achrayut, then Yachzir, then you return it to him. Shein Beit Din Ephraim Mehen, because Beit Din will not collect if there's no Achrayut. Divrab Meir. So Meir believes that Achrayut is written in when it's meant, and when it's not written in, that means not meant. Chacham Momrim, Echad Zev, Echad Zev, Lo Yachzir. The Chacham disagree and say you don't return it. Why should Beit Din Ephraim Mehen? Right, because achrayut is something that if it's not there, it's there anyways. Now, Rashir Meir Vasefer Biura, that means that in our Mishnah, the first line that says it's gotta be a minimum of a hundred or two hundred, that's Reb Meir. But the second line that says that if you left that achrayut that's there anyways, that's not Reb Meir, that's Rabbi Huda. So how do we put that together? If you want to say our whole Mishnah is Reb Meir, Vishana the Meir Rank Tubal the Shtari, maybe Reb Meir says only with a star achrayut is something that if it's missing, it's really missing. But in the Ketubah, it's really a mistake, and we consider it there all the time. But he's, does he make such a distinction? Since when does he make that distinction? We have a brighter. There are five who can collect only from unclaimed property, meaning property that the debtor owns, but that hasn't yet been taken by somebody else or sold to somebody else. That's Haruri, Harin, Mishucharin. Harin. who are they? Perot? Eating Perot. Of the of of something where you have a claim on the benefit, v'shavach perot. There's a sugin gitten. And if a person accepts that he's going to feed his wife's children, that that part we're not so concerned with. Forget chov she'en ba'chrayut. And this is the part we care about. Ktubat ishash she'en ba'chrayut. If you have a ktubah that does not have a chrayut in it, then you can only collect that ktubah from unclaimed land. So man shamal unseized line. Aman shamal le da machriut lav taot sofer. Who who's the only tana that we know of? Who says that not writing achriut makes a difference? That's Reb Meir. Uktaring ktubatisha and he and includes ktubatisha, which means you can't say that Reb Meir distinguishes between regular shtarot and ktubah. He says that ktubah also, if nachriut's not written, it's not written. So how do we explain it? Ibaita Reb Meir, Ibaita Reb Yehuda. Just like we had in the last podcast, we're going to explain that our Mishnah could be either Reb Meir or Reb Yehuda. Remember, when did Rabbi Yehuda say that a ketubah could be less than 200? When the woman writes a receipt for part of half of it. In other words, she co- cooperates with this. But here, nothing was written. There's no ketubah at all. He didn't write an amount. Here she didn't write, I'll take less. She didn't write anything. So Rabbi Yehuda would agree, the base default amount is 200. You could say it's Rameyer. When the Mishnah said that if he doesn't write it, your Chayav means Maybe it doesn't mean your Chayav as a regular debt that it could be taken even from land that in, 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 that, inter, uh, that in the intervening time had been sold or claimed by somebody else. It means from something that has not been claimed by anybody. Okay, Lokatavla. Alright, and then we said um, that in the Mishnah Chet, if he didn't write... I will redeem you. 
um, and bring you back to your uh, to me to be my wife. If he didn't write that, he's chayv to do it anyways. Amar vur Shmuel. Shmuel's father said the following: Eshet Yisrael shenensa. If a regular Eshet Yisrael is raped, asurala ba'ala. It's a, read, a, a reading that we're not used to. He says she's not allowed to live with her husband. Remember, if a woman has an affair, then she's asurala ba'ala. But here, if a woman is raped, she's asurala ba'ala. Why? He said, because we're concerned that perhaps at first she was being coerced, but at some point during the Bia, she was consenting. So, so Rav turned and challenged Shmuel's father. Uh, what what he say in the Ketubah? He says, if you're taken captive, then I'll bring you back to me as a wife. What's the whole point of that? Then the notion is that if a woman's taken captive, as we saw in the second parak, unless she has witnesses that could testify that she wasn't touched, the assumption is that she was abused, and because she still he still brings her back as a wife. So Rav Aishtik Shmuel's father had nothing to say. So Rav said regarding Shmuel's father, who he respected, these great men of southern men stopped up with their words, meaning he had something to say, but uh, he didn't. My little member, what should he have said? He should have said that in the case of a captive woman, we're mekil. It was if we've seen that all through the second half of the second parak, that we're mekil when it comes to a shvuya, but that doesn't mean that in a regular case of rape would be mekil. Now, so when, according to Shmuel's father, though, when do we ever say that ones is mutter? Because we certainly say ones rachmana patre and ones rachmana sharye. In the case of ones, the Torah doesn't consider you to be culpable. So the answer is, If Adim come and testify that she was screaming from the beginning to the end, get away from me, get away from me, then we know there was no moment of Ratzon. This entire take disagrees with Rava. If she's originally coerced, even afterwards, if she's, she's willing, even if she would say, leave him, don't take him off me. That because if he hadn't jumped me, I would have hired him. I would have paid to have relations with him. In other words, if she gets that that crazy, muteret. Nonetheless, she's muter. Why? My time, my yetzer al Because we assume that the her yetzer got the best of her, and she's talking crazy, and that doesn't really reflect her real intent, and therefore she really was coerced. And now it's her yetzer that's coercing her. Look at the Rambam and Perak Bet of Gerush in the famous Rambam. Uh, in a different context. Now, Tanya Kavateta Rava. We have a brighter that supports Rava. And what's that? In the context of a Sota, the witnesses claim, pasa. She was not forced. She was not grabbed. I mean, she was not forced. What's the status? Asura. She's Asura until she could prove that she really didn't have relations. What's the implication? Hanit pasa. So obviously, if she was forced, Muteret. She's allowed to be with her husband. There's another one. Meaning he loaned pasa, but there's another kind of woman that even if she isn't coerced, she's still mutera to her husband. Vezu That's somebody who's coerced at the beginning, and then afterwards is agreeable. And even afterwards she says, "Come back, come back." Nonetheless, I don't know if Rava would take it that far, but demonstrates that she was not coerced all the way through. Nonetheless, she's still mutera to her husband because of the way that Rava presented it. Now Tanya Idach, we have another brighter that goes in the other direction. Again, this one wasn't grabbed, so she's Asura, meaning she wasn't forced, she did it totally consenting from the beginning. She's Asura to her husband. So if she was raped, then she's Muteret. There's even one, unlike this one, going in two opposite directions. There's one that even we had, which who was not coerced, is still Mutar. Now we have one who, even though she is coerced, she's Asura. 
And that is Zuesha Kohen. Good, so we know, we've seen this many times, that a Kohen's wife, even if she's Nansa, she's Asura. I'm Rabbi Yehuda, I'm Shmuel, Mishum Rabbi Shmuel. There's one other one who, even though she wasn't forced, she's still muterat. That's if it turns out after the rape that her original kedushin that made her neshet ish were mistaken kedushin. A kedushin based on a condition never got fulfilled. A kedushin based on an assumption that was false, whatever it may be. We saw this in Yivamot. Even if she's carrying a son. She just walks out on the guy. She's not even married to him. Now, women that are taken captive by Ganovim. They can return to their husbands. The assumption is that whatever relations they had were totally coerced. So they, the rabbi said, We know that these women, while they're in captivity, they're serving these guys with food, bread. So the answer is, Yeah, they're afraid. That's why they're doing it. They're not doing it because they suddenly like them. But they are giving them their arrows out on the battlefield. So the answer is, Mahmoud, you're again, they're afraid. So, but Vada, Rabbi Yehuda agrees, Shavkinu Va'azam and Afshayu, if the men leave them alone and the women follow them on their own, then Asiran. Then it's clearly a case of, of will and, and, and free will and, and not being forced. And then they certainly are sort of their husbands. Women are taken captive by the government, by the kingdom. They are like regular Shvuyin. And their mutar to their husbands, we assume any relations they had were, this is of course not Ashut Kohen, were under, were coercion. Genuve listot, if they're taken by bands of uh, thugs, of robbers, then enan kishvuyin. Then we don't treat them like that, and we assume if they had relations, that they were willing. We had a bright that said the opposite. If it's malchut, then they are not mutar, and listim, then they are. So the answer is malchut, a malchut lokashet. The, the contradiction between Malchut and Malchut is not a problem. Hav Malchut HaChashverosh, Hav Malchut Ben Netzer. Malchut HaChashverosh, meaning a regular king, um, like HaChashverosh, the women know that even if he has beer with me, he's not going to marry me, so therefore the entire thing is Ba'ones and they're mutar to their husbands. This guy Ben Netzer was a little chieftain, so if he would take women, he might even marry them, so maybe they'd actually be interested, and maybe there would be Ratzon. Listut Alistut Lokashen, we don't have, we can reconcile the contradiction between uh, ban marauders that you said are mutter and Musser, women who are taken by them. Haba ben Netzer, haba listim dalma. This ben Netzer, who is uh, at least a chashiva, a significant and important uh, thief, as opposed to a regular uh, guy off the street. Because ben Netzer, the women would at least want, be interested in him. This listim, eh, they have no interest in him. He's a lowlife. And therefore, if he takes them, he takes them, but they're not interested at all. Now, the problem is, Ben Netzer, you're calling him a king, you're calling him a robber. Hatam karle melech, hacha karle listim. The answer is in, gabe achashverosh listim, who relative to achashverosh, this guy's like a thief. Gabe listim dalma, but relative to other thieves, melechu, he's considered a king, because he's a big shot robber. Alright, uvachohanat adrinach lemedintach. The second clause of Mishnachet was, then in the Ketubah you write, in a koto kohanet, not I will redeem you and bring you back to be my wife, but rather, I will get you back to your original home. Arabaya, watch this. Almana the Kohen Godel. Let's say Kohen Godel marries an Almana, which of course is Asur, and then she's taken captive. Chayav liftota. He's still chayav to redeem her. Why? Shani Because he can still fulfill the condition of the Ketubah and restore her back to her parents' home. But Mamzeret in Israel, and no chayav liftota. Let's say she was a Mamzeret and he's married to her. Regular Israel. 
then he can't. Why? He's not into Because he's not allowed to take her back as a wife. He was never allowed to marry her. So now he's not allowed to redeem her and bring her back as a wife. So therefore the whole condition of the Tuba doesn't exist and he's not Chayav. That's Abaye. So Abaye basically says that that any time that you could fulfill the statement, I will redeem you and send you back to your father's home, even if you were never allowed to marry her, nonetheless, you're chayav. Rav Amar, kol He says, any time that it's the, the captivity that creates the problem, then you have to redeem her. If it's something else, then you're not chayav. So he disagrees about the Alman Alakoin Gadol or Koin Lagrusha. Now, perhaps this follows the Machloket Tanaim. A man says to his wife, I'm being mad to you, you can't have any hanar from me. Which means they basically have to divorce. And then she's taken captive. First you have to redeem her, then you have to give her a ktuba and go. You give her the ktuba, let her redeem herself. You don't have to redeem her. It sounds like the same thing. In other words, if you have a woman that you're not allowed to be married to, and then she's taken captive, are you chayav to redeem her or not? So it sounds like Abaye holds like Rabbi Lazar, and Rava holds like Rabbi Yeshua. Which, by the way, is a little bit of a challenge, because then why don't they just say halacha like each of those Tanaim? I'm Rabbi Natan, Sha'alti Sumchus, by the way. I asked Rabbi Yeshua, when he said you give her the Ktubah, is that talking about a case only where you first took the netter and said you can't get an off from me? And then she was taken captive, which means when she was taken captive, she was already somebody you couldn't live with. Is that even a case where she was taken captive and then you took the netter? From Arli Lo Shamati. said, I don't know, I didn't hear. But it seems that it only makes sense if you first took the netter and then she was taken captive. Because if it would be true that if she was taken captive and you took the netter, everybody's going to use that trick. The minute his wife's taken captive, he'll be mad to her from getting a no. And he'll say, I don't have to redeem her according to Yeshua. Now, that's the that's the bright. My love and Madir Ashit Kohen can be Palgi. Are they not talking about an Ashit Kohen that you are Madir? And Abaye da Amar Karabiyalazar. Abaye basically says like Rabbi Lazar, which is to say that since you could fulfill the condition of returning her to her father's house, you're not allowed to live with her because of the Ned there. But you could return her to her father's house, therefore you are Chayav to be Poda. And Rabbi Shua basically says like Rava, Rava Rabbi Shua, which is that because um, there is a separate Easter that's going on here, not caused by the captivity. Therefore, you're not chayav. You know what the case is? She took the netter. And then the husband supported it. And we have a machloket in the darim. What happens when a girl or a wife takes a netter and the father or the husband respectively supports it? Who really is the cause here? Rabbi Lezer says that he, he's the one who pokes her in the mouth. In other words, he's the one who's causing the nether here by by being mekayin it by confirming it. Shua savar he not says no. In such a case, she is the one who's causing it. She took the nether. He just confirmed it, right? Which means that therefore, Yeshua says she doesn't she doesn't get to get redeemed. It has nothing to do with this machlokah by Evarava. So he not But if according to Yeshua, if she's the one who caused the trouble, ktuba mayavita. Why is he giving her ktuba at all? She's the one who took the nether. I'm not getting hanaf from you. Why should he give her ktuba? Give her ktuba and not be poda, or give her ktuba at all. The two are minatan shaalti at sumchush. Shemar b'shur and atel ktuba tam. Ain't a poda. She dwells with sofni shpeder. She dwells with sofni dira. Remember, at the end of the brighter, minatan as sumchus was it only when you took the neder first and then were taken captive, or vice versa? 
But if what did Sumchus said? I don't know. And then he on his own figured out what it was. But if she took the netter, what do I care what order it happened in? Well, I'm, I'm concerned that the guy's going to play a trick. She took the netter. Let's get straight about it. He took the netter on her. Abaya will stick with his position, and we'll explain both. Rabbalaz and Rabbishu is agreeing with him, and, and their difference is about something else, and Rav will do the same. Everybody agrees that on Amona, the coin Godol, he has to redeem, because he can fulfill the condition to get her back to her father's house. In a case like that, everybody agrees you don't have to redeem her, because you can't bring her back to be your wife. Madir Eshet Kohen Nami, if you are Madir and Eshet Kohen, everybody will agree that you have to be po to her. Because it's like an Amona, the coin Godol. You can fulfill the condition of sending her back to her father's house. Abaye says the Machloket is simply about Eshet Yisrael, who you cannot bring back to your home. Rebeliezer says, look, you go back to the beginning. At the time when the Ketubah was signed, she was, he was mutar to live with her. Not like a Grusha Lekoin, or Mamzer Lintina. She was allowed to. And therefore, at that point, the Chiyuv to redeem her kicked in. And the minute she's taken captive, doesn't matter what transpired in the meantime, you're Chayav to redeem her. And Meshua says you go after the end, meaning the present day. Right now, you're not allowed to live with her. You're not her. That's a baye. Rava Metarit Latame. Rava explained it his way. He'll claim, according to his position, that you're never chayav to a woman who you're not allowed to be living with, whether or not she's going back to her father's house, like Amon Alakoin Godol, or to live with you. It's only, they're only being cholek about when you are madir them, ben eshet koin of ben eshet Yisrael, no matter who they are. Belezer azobatamikara, Belezer simply says, again, like Abaye said, you go back to the moment of Ketubah, and at that point, you, you were allowed to live with her, and therefore the, uh, the, the statement that I will redeem you and either take, send you back to your father's house, if it's an eshet koin, or bring you back to your wife, and that creates the chiyuv. Meshua is about to myself, and Meshua says, no, right now you can't live with her. Therefore, all bets are off. Okay? Nishpet. The Mishnah said that if she is taken captive, you must redeem her, and you can't say, here's a divorce, let her take her to and redeem herself. Nishpet Let's say she's taken captive while her husband's alive. And then the husband dies. And if the husband knew that she'd been taken captive... Yorshin chayvin liftota. Then the Yorshin, the heirs, are chayv to to her. Why? Because the chiyuv kicked in because the husband was already aware of it. He had a chiyuv to redeem her, then he died. So they're chayv to finish the job. Lolikir babala, but if the husband did not know about her being taken captive or where she was, then, means, means there was no real chiyuv, anything he could have acted on, um, then, en Yorshin chayvin liftota. That's the brighter. Now, Levi thought and wanted to rule based on that brighta. In other words, Levi had a case of a family where the woman had been taken captive and the husband found out about it. And before he could do anything about it, he died. And he wanted to force the heirs to redeem her. Rav said, Chavivi said, We do not rule like, like that brighta. Chavivi, by the way, is Rav's uncle, Rav Chia. Um, we rule like this, Brayta. If she's taken captive after father dies, 
if the husband dies. The heirs, the orphans, do not have to redeem her. Even if she was taken captive while husband was alive and then he died, why? Why are they not chayiv? Because what's the whole point of the chiyuv of redemption? Is based on the statement in the ketubah, I will bring you back to be your wife. You can't do that if the husband's dead. And therefore it doesn't matter if the husband knew about it or not beforehand. And that's the halacha, the way Rav presents it to Levi. Tan Rabbanan. This kicks into the sugya of Tikkun Olam in, in Gitten, Perikdalad, and hey, let's say she was taken captive and they want an exorbitant ransom, ten times her worth on the slave market. You redeem her the first time. After that, it's only up to you. You don't have to spend that much money. Uh, he set a general rule. You're not allowed to redeem captives for more than their value. Why? Because it's going to mess up the world. Because what will happen? The Romans will keep taking more and more um, people because it's a good business. So what's the implication? But you are allowed to redeem capt- uh, captives for their value. Even if that's greater than the amount of the Ketubah. Remember, the Pirkun is connected to the Ketubah. Um, so the perkun is connected to perot, but even if it's more than the ketubah, or mini, we have a challenge. If they were demanding ten times her ketubah, not her worth. Same halacha. Tanakama says the first time you have to redeem her, afterwards it's up to you. Rishim Gamliel says only if her ketubah is that amount, but if they're asking more, you don't have to redeem her. Which means, when Gamliel says, you don't even have to redeem her for her value the one time. If it's more than the ketubah, the answer is, Gamliel, try The answer is, he has two kulot. In other words, he holds, you never redeem anybody for more than their value, because it's going to encourage the kidnappers. And you also don't have a chiyuv to redeem a woman as part of the issue of ketubah for more than the value of the ketubah. Okay, last piece is laktaf. The woman gets sick. Chayav the rapota. He has to take care of the medical bills. Now, Tana Rabbanan, Almanan Nizonim Nichse Yitomim, Utsicha Rufua, Harayukim Zonot. A widow is taken care of by the Yitomim, and if she needs medical treatment, that's considered like Mizonot, which means it can just go on forever. If it is a set thing, she needs an operation, she needs uh, one bottle of pills, that comes from the Ketubat. But if it's an open ended treatment, how you keep That's like mizanot. That's open ended. You eat every day. You get this treatment every day. We treat bloodletting like an open ended thing because it happens. It happens. There's no end to it. You do it every month or however often. Now there's a story. Crave to Rabbi Yochanan. He had a relative. This relative Rabbi Yochanan had a father's wife, meaning his father had died and he left a widow who was not his own mother. We see it seems. And this woman needed refu every day. They came to Rabbi Yochanan, and they, of course, wanted Rabbi Yochanan to rule that it is considered a set amount, and you take it out of the Ketubah, because then it'll at least eat into the Ketubah, and it won't come out of Mizonot, which will be just a oh, you know, money pit, if you will. So you know what he told them to do? Go get a doctor and get a set amount that he'll take to do the whole job. Say for the next 10 years, it'll you know, take this much, and then it'll come out of the Ketubah. And then Rabbi Yochanan had uh, regret, and he said, you know, if you, we've behaved, I behaved like one of those uh, um, inappropriate dayanim, 
Why? Meikara, my sovereign, or self, my sovereign. So what happened? Why did Rabbi Yochanan change his mind? Meikara, sovereign, sachalotit alem. Originally he thought, look, it's my relative. I've got to, I've got to give extra help to my relative. Afterwards he realized that as an important person, a member of the, of the, of the rabbinate, it's important for him to be above that and to treat everybody exactly fairly. And even though he did sort of in, find a way for his relative to use the law to his benefit, nonetheless he felt it was inappropriate. All right, everybody should have a wonderful day. We'll pick up from Mishnah and Daf Nun Bet Amud Bet.